You're listening to DraftKings Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Stu Guts. Very exciting episode coming up. Quincy Williams from the Jets going to join us. The Jets play the Dolphins. Billy's Dolphins this week. Peter King's going to join us from NBC. Uh, of course, Chris Sims will be here. Mike Golick going to be here. We got the picks. We got Stu Guts. We got a lot going on here, Billy, on God Bless Football. Mm-hmm. Action-packed episode this week. Yep, and I will point out that Austin Eckler, whose Chargers... Uh, got destroyed last night by the Raiders, 63-21. to 21. Uh, I will point out that Eckler wanted to come on. We were going to record today, Friday, uh, and we told Austin, just take a bye week, take a week off Yeah, uh, from God Bless Football. We'll make it up on the back end, well, Super Bowl tip- week. Typically what happens is we record with Austin on Tuesdays, which is yes. the off day. They had Thursday night football, so we had to alter that schedule. And then we said, well, we're not going to record earlier in the week if you're going to have a game on Thursday because then it'll be, you know, two games will have passed. Yep. Uh, so... The option was to record later this afternoon. It wasn't going to work out, so it wasn't going to make this episode regardless because of travel and all that and the fact that, you know, they're on the West Coast. So Correct, yes. And we'll see what happens between now and Tuesday. Why are you saying it like that? I'm trying to have to say things like this when you're talking. About you know. a coach possibly being fired? Well, no, you're saying maybe not such positive things about someone you're friendly with. It's like, let me not say it too loud. Uh, if he's not fired after being down 42 to nothing and losing 63 to 21 to a team that had the same record, when are they going to fire him after the season? Well, at least he's not a defensive guy. <laughs> if I'm Austin, I'm excited because that's clearly not the coach for that team. They're a talented team. They should be way better than that. And uh, we'll see if Bill Belichick wants to take that job. I don't know how much he's even when we talked to him on Tuesday, like, let's say that this does happen. And when you're listening to this, it may have already happened that they've moved Brandon Staley. Yep. I don't think that he's going to bury him. I don't think that he's going to say anything. No, Austin has, he's been he's a spoken supporter of, of Brandon yeah, Staley. In the past, yeah, but he really has. At the same time, it's clearly not working. Like, and oh, no, Billy, the Chargers he's yeah. very much look like they've given up on Brandon Staley. 
that what you saw last night was a team that has given up on its coach. You also saw a team that's very injured. They don't have their quarterback. Their second half, they, I mean, 21 points in the second half, they were okay. It was but 42 to nothing yeah, in half. You can't, can't, can't go down 42, <laughs> unfortunately. To Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, Billy, do we have uh, – we'll get to Peter King. He's going to be our first guest. I'm very much looking forward to this. Do we have a, uh, a game with DraftKings this week? We do. Go to dkng.co slash Compete against us and, you know, hundreds of others and try to win some money. Have you won yet? This year? In week one, I was in third place, like, really late. And then I don't remember who it was. So I think it was Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. honestly, went and got, like, a billion points. And then I dropped to, like, 60th. And I won, like, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm about even on the season. Actually, that's not true. I'm not even. What happened there? I was even in. You did quick but- math? Yeah, I realized I had some 600 places in there that that quickly brought me to not even. (laughs) But the thing about finishing in 600th place is like you could finish in 232nd or 628th and you get the same. So I don't let those losses. It's like this, you know, like the saying is like you can lose by one or you can lose by a million. It still counts as a loss. That's how I view my 600th place finishes. Ah, I could have been 252nd. Doesn't matter whether it's 252 or 628. Would you rather finish right out? Like if you're in one of these big 628. You'd rather finish last. Oh yeah, I don't want dead last. Yeah, I don't want to overthink. You don't want to be it. right near the money. Yeah, I don't want to be even close. <laughs> so just be as far away from the money as possible. I had a week that there was only three people behind me, which seems impossible because there's always people that like forget to just pick a position because right. they're waiting until the last minute, then it gets locked or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was historically bad. Uh, we're going to Peter King first. Yeah, let's talk to Peter. King. You like Peter King. I do. I'm telling you that Peter King likes you. I don't know about that. Well, I'm telling you, he told me that he likes you. You tell me all kinds of things that right. I know are, are just flat out lies. I, I tell you all the time that Chris Sims loves you. Does he love you? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to Peter King. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. You know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Ah, I don't remember it like it was yesterday. Sitting back in my dad's pickup truck, me, my dad, Pappy. It's my granddad, I used to call him. Fishing at the pond. I remember dad and Pappy going back and forth saying, what is it about this new Miller Lite? Is it that it's less filling, or is it the great taste? What I wouldn't give to go back to those times. But you know one thing that Miller Lite does? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Lite Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer. Hello, Peter. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. How are you, sir? Good. Where are you right now? Uh, me and Billy are both in uh, in South Florida. Billy's at his house. I'm at my house. Wow. Yeah. We have a lot in common then. I'm at my house. <laughs> what a world. It's just a crazy effing world. You can do virtually anything sitting in your pajamas. How do you feel about the world we're in where you can do anything in your pajamas? How do you feel about that? Look, for the first, this is year 44 of my sports writing career, for the first what 38 or 39 years you always had to go somewhere be somewhere i I mean 
early in the days of recording my podcast, I would bring all my equipment with me and it would never be on video. And the other day I did 20 minutes with Jake Browning, just who the heck are you, by the way? And, you know, it's just like this. And now, is it better if you had a camera? Of course it is. Would it be a slightly better look? Yes. But this is a great look. You look at NBC Nightly News. I bet two-thirds of their interviews are done just like this. The world is nuts, but uh, I think it's, I, I really think it's improved the world. I think it's improved the media world. You mentioned Jake Browning. We've been talking a lot about him this week, Peter. Joe Burrow needs to be a little bit concerned about this Jake Browning. <laughs> I think you're out of your effing mind. What? Tell him, Peter! What, are you crazy? I think you're crazy. I mean, you know, Jake Browning is doing a great thing for Jake Browning. And for the Bengals. They might make the playoffs. They're certainly good enough after you've watched the last eight quarters where they've beaten two playoff teams. Uh, you know, he's definitely good enough to be a quarterback in the NFL. Now, I'll just say this. somebody As somebody who lives in Brooklyn, I listened to FAN for 15 minutes today and then had to turn it off because both hosts were saying that Tommy DeVito should be the quarterback and they should just take the cap hit on Daniel mm -hmm. Jones and walk away. Right. And I said, oh, my Christ. Anyway. Yeah. Asiason said that, really? Boomer? No, no, that uh, wasn't Boomer. It was. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've lost track of who's on that show because I don't really listen much to right. talk radio anymore, but I just happen to be do. I, I, was, I was folding laundry today and I was listening to it and I said, man, <laughs> whatever, 12 to 15 minutes, that's enough for me. So mm -hmm. that was it for the day. I find the doing of laundry, I'm sorry, Billy, to be very cathartic, uh, Peter, oh, do you? I absolutely love it. And you know what else I love? I love doing the dishes. Oh, now you're speaking my language. I love doing the dishes. It's do you fantastic. wear gloves? No gloves. No, I go no, no gloves. gloves. Come on. Yeah. Warm be water. A be a man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do some warm water. Have the warm water go down your hands. Oh. <laughs> you're in Billy's wheelhouse, Peter. Yeah. You know that, right? You have one of those pa padded mats in front of the sink to make sure that your back and your knees don't uh, start bothering okay. you too much. I'm, hey, listen, You were. it's like you're in our kitchen. <laughs> you were in our kitchen in Brooklyn right now, baby. What do you love about doing the dishes, Peter? Just out of curiosity, like what makes that relaxing for you? Laundry, task. I understand is, the dishes. It is. It's a task. Right. Remember, uh, there was an admiral, uh, U.S. Uh, Navy Admiral McRaven, who gave the commencement address at the University of Texas about ten years ago, and he said. Every day for the rest of your life, I want you to do one thing when you wake up. And everybody's thinking, what is it? <laughs> Make your bed. Yeah. And you know why he said that? It's a task. And you're finished with it. And then you move on to the next, next task. So we have breakfast. I have oatmeal. And, and at the end of having breakfast in my 20-ounce uh, Italian roast coffee I, I, and reading the paper in paper in the hands, I uh, essentially go to the kitchen sink and I finish my first task of the day, 12 minutes. Well, second, because my wife and I make our bed in the morning. But, Ugh. you know, yeah, that's what that's what I do. I, I, I like it. I think I don't want to say it's cathartic. I, I like getting something done 
and looking at the kitchen and it's spick and span at 7.35 in the morning. I think it's great. I love losing track of time while I'm washing dishes. Sometimes I'll just be there 20, 25 minutes. I have no idea what's going on. But while I'm doing it, I can't check my phone. I can't really watch TV (laughs) or anything. It's just me and the dishes. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good Hey, so what are we going to talk about? Dishes? I don't want to talk about football. I want to talk about chores. I regret Billy asking you the Jake Browning question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter, do you remember a time since you brought up Jake Browning? It is interesting. Do you remember a time in NFL history where the backup quarterback has been this important? I'm sure there must have been several years where you had a lot of injuries to starting quarterbacks. I'm not one of those people who said, oh, yeah, back in 89, three quarters of the starters were hurt. I don't I just don't remember things that way. But I mean, it isn't just starting quarterbacks. One of the reasons why I think if I were the Bears, unless Justin Fields absolutely steps in it, the next um, uh, four weeks, uh, if I were Ryan Poles, very simply. I'd put the number one pick in the draft on the market. I'd get three ones for it, and I'd build a team around him. Because if you watched Caleb Williams against Notre Dame this year, you'll see how good Caleb Williams is when he has a pass rush that overwhelms him. And what do you think happened to Bryce Young this year? His line stinks. And so Bryce Young gets killed the whole year, and everybody says, See, made the wrong choice at quarterback. They should have taken C.J. Stroud. Maybe they should have. How on God's green earth can you tell with the pressure that Bryce Young has been under? So that's why, if I were the Bears, I would continue to build with quality players around uh, my quarterback. And I would say to whoever... Uh, maybe Seattle, who knows? Maybe somebody's in love with Caleb Williams or Drake May. Atlanta, maybe they're in love with one of them. Who knows? Maybe one of them wants to pay three ones or uh, two ones and two twos. I don't know. But, you know, the market right now is crazy for franchise quarterbacks. And I'll tell you one of the re- one of the other reasons why overall I understand why people want to get the golden arm but why I wouldn't necessarily be nuts over that. Let's say for the sake of argument, and you would have to say right now, if you had to pick one team that was going to win the Super Bowl this year, one team, my pick would be San Francisco. And you might disagree. You might say Dallas. You might say whoever. I, I don't know. Whoever else. Baltimore. I don't know. But San Francisco clearly would be in the discussion. So if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl this year, here's what that means. It means that six of of the last 11 Super Bowl winners would have been either the 75th quarterback picked in the draft, Russell Wilson, the 199th quarterback picked in the draft, Tom Brady, or 262nd pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. So tell me, why do you absolutely have to Pick a quarterback in the top two, three, four to have a chance to win. Now, if there's a great one, if you see somebody you have to have and who everybody says, oh, my God, this guy is no doubt, then, okay, I get it. But 
You tell me, how, how are the Chicago Bears better if they swap out Justin Fields for Caleb Williams? And, I mean, they might be. I don't know. But I would much rather have three or four really vaunted, highly regarded players in the next couple of years uh, than swap out quarterbacks. He's the host of the Peter King podcast and authors the weekly football morning in America column every Monday exclusively on NBC Sports. Peter, we've heard hints that maybe this is Bill Belichick's last season in New England. Maybe he's going to continue on. There was rumors he could be in Washington. Then you see maybe there's a situation um, with the Chargers. This week, we heard kind of a wrinkle where it was there's a report that was already decided after the game in Germany that this would be his last season and it's already been discussed. Is that something that we should take seriously? Have you heard anything like that? I haven't, but I don't cover the league the way I used to. I don't. Parcells used to call it. Put your sniffer on the ground about this. (laughs) Um, I trust Tom Curran. I think he's really, really good at his job. He's the one who reported that. I don't doubt it. I don't know that it's true, but I don't doubt it. Um, I guess I would say a couple of things. Number one, Robert Kraft is not one of these guys, even if he thought Bill Belichick was the greatest guy he ever met in his life. Robert Kraft is a results-oriented person. As of this moment, the New England Patriots are seven games under 500 since Tom Brady walked off campus. That isn't good enough. And it certainly isn't good enough for Robert Kraft. And I'm sure that Bill Belichick doesn't think it's good enough. So what's going to change about that? Really, what is going to change? Bill Belichick has drafted the players in New England for the last 24 straight drafts. And if you look at the overall talent on his team right now, he's got a pretty good defense. That defense could beat Kansas City this week. Uh, I mean it. But but his offense stinks. His skill players stink. His quarterbacks maybe don't stink, but they're not good. And they're not winning quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And those guys were put on the team by Bill Belichick. He has had plenty of opportunity and plenty of cap money to rebuild this team both late in Brady's term and since Tom Brady walked away uh, after the 2019 season. He hasn't done it. And I think Robert Kraft, I believe that he probably, probably wants to go younger. He wants some new ideas. And he probably, probably, and I don't know this, but he probably wants a more traditional structure. I think Robert Kraft is tired of having a potentate. That's what I think. But uh, we'll see what he does. My gut feeling all along since midseason has been that if Bill Belichick wants to break down Shula's record, and I really think that he does, mm-hmm. he's going to have to do it in Pickatown, Washington, the Chargers. Uh, you know, who knows? I don't know who all will be open. However, what time would you pick, Peter? What time would I, you if pick? If I were him, I'd pick the Chargers. You would. Because, yeah, you got a quarterback. Yeah. Are you telling me Belichick 16 wins away from Shula right now? Right. Let's say he gets one more. Let's say he gets one more this year. If he goes to the Chargers, okay, and, uh, you know, if they make a change, assuming that they do, and I think most people assume that they'll move on from Brandon Staley, but Dean Spanos is a rare bird, and he 
keeps his own counsel. Uh, <clears throat> so I guess what I'm saying is that if you look at what the Chargers have that Bill Belichick would want, he has to think mentally. This is a guy who's going to be 72 years old next opening day. He's got to think mentally. Look, I don't know how much longer I have. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who think they can work until they're 90. And Belichick appears still to be very young and very lively and, and all that. But the fact is, who knows how much longer he can coach at a decent level. But if you leave New England, you need 15 wins. You've got to think that he can do enough with some good pieces on defense and with Justin Herbert to win 15 games in two years. And win a Super Bowl there, yeah. Is it crazy to think that Buffalo might be in play, depending on how that season plays out? If you ask me my gut feeling right now, they could they could dive bomb and finish one and three down the stretch and out of the playoffs. And look, it's crazy right now that, you know, how crazy is this? The Buffalo Bills, as we talk right now, are the 11th seed Nuts. in the AFC, and they're seven and six. Right. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are the sixth seed in the playoffs. They are seven and six. The Steelers stink, and the Bills look like they can beat any team in football. Now, it's not a, a given by any stretch, but there's absolutely no way that the Bills are the 11th best team in the AFC. And so I think they're going to play well down the stretch. My gut feeling, this is going to be so fascinating because it might happen, it might not happen. But just imagine this. Imagine if the Bills go into week 18 needing to win the game. And how about if the Miami Dolphins <laughs> don't have anything to play for, relatively speaking, or very little to play for, let's say, and... Tyreek Hill's got an ouchy ankle and, and all this stuff. So imagine that that's the scenario. WWMMD, what will Mike McDaniel do? Because I'm totally fascinated by that. And I th you know who else is fascinated by that? My employers, NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want to put in the NFL, because the NFL is the, is the entity that dictates who that game 272 is, the last game of the year. So I'm really interested to see what will happen there with that game. Let's ask I Billy. Think, He's a Dolphin fan. Billy, well, what no. would you want Mike McDaniel to do? <laughs> I feel I feel like saying the Dolphins – one, it's a great scenario if the Dolphins have to play yes. for. But yes. you also are playing to keep the Bills out of the playoffs so that Correct. they right. can't eliminate That's you what he's saying. That's the point. Right. Yeah. That's the <laughs> Don't point. want them getting in because they do look like they can beat anyone right now. Yeah, yeah. and – not to mention the fact that they beat they beat you by a thousand points two months ago. I mean, it's you know the bills the bills are a fascinating team. But you ask about Sean McDermott. There's one other factor. You got Brandon Bean, the general manager. You got Terry Pagula, the owner, and they're sitting there nodding their heads. And you saw the locker room video the other day in Kansas City where Brandon Bean basically says, hey, this guy got a bunch of S this week, and, and we're behind him. We got your back, coach, giving him the big hug. It almost feels like unless they go 0-4 down the stretch and are awful, it almost feels like the front office of this team and the ownership of this team are going to say, 
You're not telling us who to fire. The great Peter King is with us. Uh, the Dolphins, are you surprised? Two, two questions of the Dolphins. Are you surprised that Mike McDaniel is this good of a head coach? And do you think the Dolphins have a legitimate chance, Peter, of making it to the Super Bowl and winning it? Well, yeah, I'd feel a lot better if they would beat a good team, obviously. I think everybody would. But when they're on their game, they're really, really good. And I had the occasion in Germany a month or so ago to ride in a car with Mike McDaniel from where the Dolphins were practicing back to their hotel. We were in the car maybe 25 minutes. And we talked a lot about sort of offensive football. And I keep waiting to write this story. So you're going to get a little preview here. Nice. I'm going to write it at some point in my column in the next three, four weeks. I don't know. But what was so interesting about that conversation is that you understand, I understood, here's why players really like to play for this guy. And you see a little bit now on Hard Knocks if you're watching that. But one of the things we talked about in the car is that they had this play that over and over again wasn't working like in practice when they would do it. And so they hadn't run it in a game. And it still was, they just weren't running it well. Things weren't going well. It just didn't feel right. But McDaniel's point was Tua, Alec Ingold, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek, Durham Smythe, Raheem Mostert, everybody basically had the attitude, hey, coach, if you think this is going to work, we're going to make it work, so don't worry. And that, to me, says a lot, okay? And what it says most of all is that these guys believe in their coach. He's an oddball. We all see it. He's a, just a different, different dude. But he also, I mean, this, this is a guy who doesn't feel like, and he doesn't, this is not because he thinks he's smarter than anybody else at all. But this is a guy who, believe, who trusts his mind so much that he doesn't feel a need every week to spend three hours watching what other teams are doing because what he's doing is good enough. He doesn't have to look for ideas elsewhere because these ideas that come out of that, that little head of his work wonders. And so that's why to me, I think the players on that team really just trust him. And I think when you have that, you have a good chance to win. He's the host of the Peter King podcast and authors of the weekly football morning in America column every Monday exclusively on NBCSports.com. Peter, thank you so much uh, for taking the time with us today. That's good. You know, this is the first podcast in Peter King history where I had no idea we started the podcast. Oh, <laughs> we, just, we just started talking and it was yeah, kind of groovy. I like I it. I, 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 I never it. even I have no idea what the beginning of this podcast is. So <laughs> yeah. you know you're going to have at least one listener who right. listens to it to find out where the hell is the start of this thing? So yeah, anyway, something about the changing guys. world. I don't know. I forget how we got there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we stand there in the laundry. I mean, folding clothes. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know what you have to do? You know what has to be on this pod? What? Dishes. Yeah. And yeah. and yes. making your bed. Come on. That stuff has got to, and folding laundry, that stuff has got to be on this pod. 
I am going to ask you if we could do this before the season's up. I want you and Billy both doing dishes together on the oh. Zoom, okay? And we talk some football. Can we I do that one time? I, listen, I not only promise you I'll do it, you set a date, I will be there. Oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, Love it. <laughs> Next Thursday? I mean. I no, but. No, well, <laughs> because I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to the West Coast for Christmas to, okay. to my yeah. daughter's house in Berkeley, okay. California. So, but. Let's do it one day in January. I'd be happy to do it. Perfect. Oh, that'd be playoff time. Playoff dishes. I can't wait. <laughs> the playoff dishes. <laughs> uh, Peter, we do appreciate it. You are the best. I could do this every week with you if you like, but we will do it after the new year. Happy holidays to you and your family. Enjoy that time with your daughter, sir. Thanks a lot, guys. You take care. Hey, Quincy. What's good? How are you? I'm doing exceptional. Thanks for asking. Stugatz, our host, is joining oh. right now. He's he's a huge Jets fan. And you like a huge Miami fan. You got well, I live in my I live in Miami, so I don't know I don't know that we're gonna be best friends today. And you have, you you have friends. Uh, hold on, wait. Have you voted Pro Bowl yet? I you want me to vote for you for the Pro Bowl? There you go. We can be friends after that. Okay. All right, let's do that. I'm I'll, gonna write this down right now. I'll do it. Tell too, the people and you have double. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the people at home how to vote for you for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> So you go to what is the you actually go to the Jets account and then go to Pro Bowl or you can go to Twitter and go hashtag Pro Bowl Quincy Williams or go hashtag Pro Bowl at Quincy Williams underscore underscore. Wait, right, are you guys. giving him shit because he's a Dolphin fan? You're giving him but, shit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but go. but Thank you got. Here's the deal. We've reached an agreement here where I'm allowed to be a Dolphins fan, but if I vote for Quincy to go to the Pro Bowl, we're going to be just fine and we're going to get along today. Ah, you got to vote for me and my brother. Well, let's not push our luck. <laughs> now you're pushing it. I mean, <laughs> that's because you got a hat and a hoodie on. So yeah. I got to look at two things that's mine. I got to get two votes. All right. You know what? What if I retweet myself? Does that count as two votes? All right, that counted two votes. Okay, good. Let's do that then. What's the coolest thing about playing with your brother? The coolest thing is, well, the biggest thing is the celebration part of it. And, like, as soon as he makes a play, like, I'm on the field with him. I'm watching him make that play, like, live. So I actually get to celebrate him right then instead of sending him a text and hoping that he sees it after the game. <laughs> That's very, It's a very great thing. But also the best part about it is the accountability part. So I have a person from the same household, same mom, same dad, understands what I've been through and things like that. So taking constructive criticism from him is uh, more powerful than taking constructive criticism from someone that, I mean, like you barely know. Do you guys fight at all? No, nah, we don't really fight. I think the last time we got to fight was when I went to college though. I just had to let them know, you know, like, hey, just because I'm leaving, I still run things. But when you were growing up, like in the house, like it's, you know, you're oh, two guys, you both end up in the we NFL. Wrestled. Did you guys fight all the time? We wrestled. We, we weren't really like a like a very, very big altercation or nothing like that. It was more like, all right, I'm, I want to watch something on TV now. Like, all right, let's fight over the remote then. Let's wrestle. He wasn't always bigger than me, though. So right. we was watching what I wanted to watch most of the time. <laughs> how, how big was he back then? Wait, how big was he back then, though? You know what I mean? Uh. He wasn't, we were probably like the same size, so I could take him in. And then we started, he got like one day, went to sleep, woke up, he got a lot bigger. And I was like, ah, you know what? We can watch whatever you want to watch. I don't even feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so one like, day you know he just what? woke up and whatever he wanted to watch, all the rules were his, right? Little brother. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, it's funny. <laughs> 
Billy, you know what every little brother needs? It needs a big brother to pave the way. And I'm wondering, mm. Quincy, did you pave the way? Like by the time my brother got to college, he did everything. Like he did everything. So there were no, I couldn't trick my parents. I couldn't fool my parents. My brother paved the way. And my parents stopped caring about me, meaning I can go out to all hours. They didn't care because my brother paved the way perfectly for me. Did you do that for your younger brother? I was an example setter for him, but I also was the type of person who, like, I did, like, what I wanted to do. So he learned from my mistakes, and he also learned from, like, me doing good also. So that was, like, the best thing. I told him, like, don't do the same things I'm doing, like, be better than me type thing. So um, I had, like, trouble in school and stuff like that. I made sure he knew that school was very, very important because I ended up not being able to go to a – uh, D1 single A school or like SEC school because of my grades. So when I left for school, I was just letting them know like, hey, bro, please go to school, do right in school. And just those things like I got in trouble a couple of times. He was seeing me get in trouble. So it was more like, bro, don't do these things. So it was like, follow my lead, but don't follow my lead also. <laughs> Quincy, if I talked to you last week on Thursday, I said, you know what? I feel like Zach Wilson's going to be the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. What would you have told me? a great question. I would have stood behind that and said, yeah, because I actually did my interview and I let them know that he's been locked in. Like, I'm very confident in what he's going to do because just because he got sat down and had, like, a demotion in his job, he was still locked in. during On game day, he was the first one out throwing passes and stuff to the wide receivers, warming up like he was getting ready to play. So he was dialed in the whole time. So it wasn't a surprise for me when he got out and showed out like that. I mean – he already told us, I mean, he already had told us, like, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I already got bit. And he went out there and showed up. It was great to watch. So great to watch that we're thinking, right? Like, Aaron, just take the rest of the season off. Rest up. You're good. We don't really need you anymore, right? Yeah. And we got, uh, imagine our defense now. We were like, Aaron, you good, man. Zach yeah. got this. <laughs> Wait, is Aaron still saying he's coming back? What's he doing now, Quincy? What's happening? The main thing is him. Focusing on his health, that's the biggest thing. So um, there's no pressure behind him. Whatever he feels like is on him. He's comfortable. Whenever he's ready, he can come back. Um, we like That's the biggest thing is his health. So that's more like what we're focused on, uh, making sure he's 100% and not coming back like halfway and things like that. So every single day I talk to him, just be like, bro, how you feeling? Just like how you feeling? Just checking in type thing. Not, bro, when you're coming back, when you're coming back. Because I feel like, when you put pressure on people, they start to feel like they have to speed up everything and then they come back like not ready or something like that. So the biggest thing is like, hey, bro, just chill. Come when you're ready. Is he in the locker room with you right now, Aaron? Yeah, he's in the locker room. Uh, he's also at uh, meetings with us. He's at practice with us also. He helps like a couple of days ago. He came to me just like something that we need to help with within the defense. And he was like, hey, Quincy, this is what I see right here. These are things that I've been watching you like throughout the year. These are like some of your tales that the quarterback can pick up on. So like he's he's involved with the team. Do you guys like that? Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, he's a gold jacket type guy on and off the field. So just having that person and with me coming up as like a linebacker, I also got CJ Mosley too, though. So I got an offensive player and a gold jacket defensive player also. So it's great. You played the Dolphins once, Quincy, and so I'm wondering. Uh, what does their offense stack up against the other offenses you played this season? The biggest thing is a lot of speed. So in all positions, they have speeds, a lot of uh, perimeter runs and things. They uh, The biggest thing is stopping them on explosive plays. 
So once you control like the exposure pays, then it's more like a game management type thing. So the biggest thing this week is the um, just slowing that speed down, really. Uh, how about Robert Sala? Beard or no beard? What do you think there? I ain't even thought about that. I don't be looking at him that hard, but I do be mm. recognizing when he cut his hair. I'll be like, all right, now doing. You kind of grew that a little bit too fast. So I'll be wondering, <laughs> is he doing that? Uh, is he doing that spray, that hairspray on his chin Ooh, or whatever? I like <laughs> it. So you think that there may be some uh, some fake hair going you know, on there? The old Carlos Boozer, but on on his face instead of on his head is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like. This. I think Quincy's like, who the hell is Carlos time, Boozer? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, hold on now. <laughs> Wait, you don't know who Carlos Boozer is? Billy, he's a lot younger than us. I ain't really good with names, though. He had fake hair. He painted it on his head. Oh, yeah. Really, I ain't really yeah. on the basketball wave yet. What does Quincy Williams like to do when he's not playing football? Playing video games, most of Call of Duty and Madden. Other than that, I'm going to like art shows and stuff now and then, hanging with my uh, my niece, my brother, and his wife, really, just hanging out with them. How'd you get into art? I got into art just finding. So I was I used to buy cars all the time. So like I used to buy a car and I'd be like, oh, I want a different car. So I needed something like a better investment. And so um, I started like in, I know I like like mixed media art and stuff like Well, I like graffiti art. And then I went to a couple of art shows and, and this guy named Tony from Atlanta introduced art, but just different materials and things like that. You didn't get you didn't get tricked into buying a bunch of NFTs, did you? Oh, no, I ain't, I ain't get on that way. Oh, I need something God. I can hold in my hand. Exactly right. Look, right. this is uh, this is Carlos Boozer's hair that was painted on his head just for reference. Oh, that looked like it was sprayed. Yeah, it was 100 percent like sprayed. It was sprayed. Yeah, yeah. He eventually admitted that it was sprayed. So what you're saying is that's what Robert Sala does to his hair. Also, <laughs> we're gonna let you go. We know you got to run. It's a busy time for you. Do me a favor though, okay? I'm going with my daughter. I told my daughter we were having you on today. She said that's one badass mother. Okay, I taught her well. Daughter, do us a favor. I want to see a jet victory on Sunday. Okay, do it for Rachel, my daughter. Okay. All right, man. I got you. It is time for this week's edition of Stuya Gots, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. College football bowl season is here. 71, 55, and 5 on the regular season. Let's start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's Ohio. It's Georgia Southern. I have watched these two teams all season long. I am telling you right now, Ohio plus three. Buy it up to plus three and a half, but Ohio is going to win the game outright. They win. They cover the spread. Ohio by four points over Georgia Southern. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Jacksonville State, I love them. Minus two and a half against Louisiana Lafayette. I'm taking Jacksonville State to win and cover. Jacksonville State wins by seven points. Avocados from Mexico, Cure Bowl. Miami of Ohio, plus six and a half, taking on Appalachian State. Buy it up to seven. Appalachian State wins. Miami of Ohio covers. App State by four points. I'm taking Miami of Ohio. Isleta New Mexico Bowl. New Mexico State minus three and a half. Take it up Fresno State. Buy it down to three. I'm taking New Mexico State to win and cover. They are minus three. Buy it down a half point. New Mexico State by 10 points over Fresno State. Starco Brands LA Bowl. 
UCLA minus four, ticket up Boise State. I'm taking UCLA. The Bruins win. They cover UCLA by 10 points over Boise State. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Texas Tech minus three. They're taking on Cal. I'm taking Texas Tech to win and cover. Buy it down to two and a half. Texas Tech wins. They cover. Tech wins by 10 points over Cal. Famous Toastery Bowl. Western Kentucky, plus three. Take it on Old Dominion. I'm taking Western Kentucky to win the game outright. They win by four points. They cover the spread. Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Marshall, plus 13. Take it on UTSA. UTSA by four points. Marshall with the cover. Roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. It's a big one. Syracuse, minus three. Take it on South Florida. Buy it down to two and a half. Take Syracuse. They win. They cover it. Boca Raton, five minutes from my house. I'm still not going to that game. Syracuse wins and covers. They win by 10 points over South Florida. Union Home Mortgage, Gasparilla Bowl. UCF, minus five. Gus Malzahn and them boys. Take it on Georgia Tech, the Ramblin' Wreck. I'm taking UCF here. Minus five over Tech. UCF wins, and they cover UCF by 10 points over Georgia Tech. We will pick up the ball games from there on next week's episode of God Bless Football. God bless the NFL. Week 15, we have Saturday games. Oh, we have Saturday games. I was 3-6 and six a week ago. Not great. 52-48-1 on the season. Not bad. Bengals, minus three, taking on the Vikings at home. Bengals need this one, so do the Vikings. But the Bengals are at home. Buy it down to two and a half. I'm taking the Bengals. They win, they cover Cincinnati by 10 points over the Vikings. The Colts, they need this one as well. Take it on the Steelers. They need it as well. Colts are at home. Minus one and a half. Minshew Mania running wild. I'm taking the Colts. They win, they cover the Colts by eight points over the Steelers. Broncos, dangerous team according to Billy. Plus four and a half at Detroit. Watch you buy it up to plus five. The Broncos are going to win the game outright. They're going to win this game. Detroit, free-falling. Dan Campbell, hot seat. Broncos win the game outright. They win by a field goal. The Falcons, minus three at the Panthers. Panthers, really bad. Falcons, they're okay. When an okay team takes on a bad team, a really bad team, I take the okay team. Buy it down to two and a half. Falcons win. They cover Falcons by seven points on the road at Carolina. The Rams, dangerous team. A team no one wants to see in the playoffs. They are minus six and a half. They're taking on the Commanders. Buy it down to six. Rams win. They cover the Rams by 10 points over the Commanders. Bills, big game this weekend at home. Take it on the Cowboys. Cowboys fresh off a victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, man. They weren't looking ahead to the Bills. They probably should have been. The Bills need this one. They're going to win. They're going to cover. The Bills beat the Cowboys in Buffalo by seven points at home. Jaguars plus three and a half. Sunday night, take it on the Ravens. Buy it up to four. Buy it to four. The Jags, they're going to lose the game. They're going to lose by two points, but they're going to cover, and that's all that matters. Ravens by two, Jaguars cover, buy it up to four. Eagles minus four at Seattle. The Eagles, many people down on the Eagles, down on Jalen Hurts. I'm not one of those people. I believe in them. The Eagles win. They bounce back. They cover. They win at Seattle. The Eagles by 10 points on the road. Those are the picks, everyone. Good luck. Look who's showing up to work. Billy Gill is yeah. back. How about that, huh? Billy Gill is back. Gosh, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. What, what else is he doing in life that he could be here for our 30 minutes last week? 
He does your stuff. Good. God bless football is part of this. Like, yeah. where, where were you last week? Uh, I mean, I just, it's a little, a little disrespectful lately. To who? To you? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, Why I mean, I'm here. Why are you here? I'm here today. We're here. We're talking. Uh, I feel like we've gotten off on the wrong foot, and I don't think that you're going to necessarily like this because you and I are aligned in some thinking this week that I saw, and I was almost made fun of on Monday when we were breaking down what happened on Sunday and the Chiefs in particular. And we were talking about the Chiefs offense, and I was saying, you know, it, and we've been saying it for a couple weeks now, and we're not the first ones to say it, that you can tell the difference in Eric Bieniemy not being there, right? And then I was made fun of, and I was told, what, is he going to prevent all the drops? And I said, you know what? They look very undisciplined. And had Eric Bieniemy been there, they would not look so undisciplined. And then you know what I saw? Chris Sims yeah. had the exact same opinion. Well, I do. And, and, and a little bit is, is, you know, rooted in some knowledge of the people, the guys there in, in Kansas City right now and things I know, too. First off, yeah. The offense right now has no identity in Kansas City. It's just like, hey, we them in Buffalo, we don't know what we are on offense, but our quarterbacks are awesome, so we'll try to make it happen somehow, some way. But, yeah, you know, what are they? They're a running team more than years past, but I still don't think they're a great running team. And there they are last week. They decide not to run it really and throw the ball all the time. You know, it's like they're still a work in progress. So I don't think Matt Nagy's offense is creative as Eric Bieniemy's is or was. And, you know, to what you're saying here, Billy, the big thing is, and I know this from people there, Bieniemy was the enforcer. He was the guy that was like, you know, stop dropping the ball, get in front of the jugs, catch more balls, stop making excuses, stop lining up offsides, right? He was the guy that was, you know, said the unpopular thing, but the thing that needed to be said uh, staying with the Chiefs for a second here, Chris, what would you make of the call at the end of, of last week's game against Buffalo? What would you make of their reaction after the bad call? Well, I mean, one, it had to be called. You know, I, I mean, we've all seen the plays where, okay, he lined up very close or offsides in the neutral zone before that play, right? Where I would like to see something out there, and, and I know ESPN did it to kind of show his other plays, but then they didn't show the final play in which he was offside, and it was egregious. I mean, you can't be a half yard off football, uh, offsides. Right. Uh, The the ball was on the 49 and a half. He's on like the 48 and three quarter yard line. I mean, so what, I mean, what, what are we doing there? When it gets to the egregious point there, that has to be called. And, you know, I I mean, Kansas City knows it now. I said it Sunday night. I, I didn't like the reaction. You know, yeah, it was, it was a little bit, emotional and not thought out and, and not realistic. But I think it goes into they were screwed over by the week the, the week before against the Packers, right? And then they got two other games where you go, if they catch the ball against the Eagles or the Lions, they probably win that. So, you know, they got a few more, you know, losses on their record than they probably should between the refs and, you know, their own mistakes that they've made here down the stretch. I just want to play devil's advocate, advocate for a moment, Chris. Do you understand, in a sense, their reaction? Because you guys even pointed out at halftime on Sunday night that this seems to be a point of emphasis this season. This was only called twice last year, where at the time it was it was eleven times it had been called this year, and then actually on Sunday night ended up getting called. It was on the called in that game, yeah, later right, in the game. Right. So this seems to be a point of emphasis this year. So if you're them, 
can you maybe understand how they're like, hey, cut us a little bit of slack, give us a warning, whatever, because this isn't the way it's been done before, even though this year they've kind of been enforcing it a lot more. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I guess at the very least they could have got a warning, right? They got cut slack. I mean, Kadarius Tony lined up offsides five other times during the football game and they let it go. So they got a little slack, right? This one was just like, wait, now we're going to start giving guys a, a yard head start here a little bit. So I think that that's it. And then, yes, I think it's a little of like, wait, what the hell? That's never been called since I was a quarterback in the NFL and all of that. But Mahomes, the one thing we know, he watches everything. And it's been talked about on other Sunday night football games and Monday night football games because of the tush push. That's why it's being called more like this. That's the complaint around the league from defensive coaches and head coaches that when it gets to these quarterback sneak situations or stuff, they were letting the offensive line get more of an advantage than they should with crossing into the neutral zone. And then there's the defense who had to stay on their side of the ball. So, oh, they know the snap count. Now they're also getting a edge in where they line up, and it's going to be hard to stop any quarterback sneak. So that's why it was a point of emphasis. But they knew that it was already was a point of emphasis this year. And, you know, at the end of the day, Kadarius Tony can't just run out of the huddle and point to the receiver when he's not even – I mean, the referee when he's not even lined up to say, I'm on the line of scrimmage. you got to look back again and go, wait, am I good? Am I legal? And all that. And he never does that in the process. Sims, I want to go back to what you said about Eric Bieniemy before, where you said he's the guy that that says the un- unpopular thing but needs to be said. Do you think that's the reason why he doesn't get a head of coaching job is because he's just not very well liked? Well, yeah, it is. It is part of the reason. And, and it's something I discussed last year a lot on my pod and PFT and all that. You know, he's not a he's not a politician, right? And sometimes those type of guys have a hard time getting their first head coaching job. That's why I even think like, my buddy Kyle Shanahan probably should have been by, hired as a head coach earlier, but because he didn't really try to make any effort with media or reaching out to anybody or playing politics to get this guy to put in the good word with him or anything like that, you know, he wasn't on some owner's radars. And then he got perceived a little bit as like, oh, he's a young jerk who knows it all, right? And it's like, no, he just coaches his football team really hard. And if you mess up, he says, hey, F you, you messed up, right? And that's where I think it is with the enemy. The enemy, from what I've been told, yeah, it's the hard, cold truth all the time, right? If you go back and look at him on the sidelines in some uh, Chiefs game, I mean, you'll see him mother effing some guys for sure. And then, you know, from from what I've heard too, in some of the you know meetings or, or ability, uh, what do you want to say, the the interviews to maybe become a head coach, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat things. Oh no, no, this this position sucks. You guys got to change this no the quarterback sucks we gotta get somebody else new and you know like the gm and the owner are like whoa that's you know that's crazy talk right so i think a little bit of that and i think you know to to add to that mikey yay because i think the world of this guy as a coach too you know i know that was a little bit of a thing in washington this year they were a little taken taken aback by whoa he is rough and critical remember they complained a little bit early in the preseason ron rivera said something I've heard that the Washington commanders, they were a little reluctant to let the media come out early in practice because you go out there and all you hear is the enemy mother guys. So, you know, I think a little of all of that, Mikey A, is why he is uh, overdue to become a head coach in the NFL. 
PFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock, the Unbuttoned Podcast, Football Night in America, Ravens and Jaguars coming up this Sunday. Good game. Saturday football this weekend. Sibs, you love Saturday football, oh, don't you? Oh, what? What? <laughs> Sit on the couch. Don't have to worry about anything. Build a fire. Oh. Maybe have some Christmas music on between, you know, the games. And then, you know, smoky, smoky, drinky, drinky. What? That day is a great day. I can't wait for Saturday. <laughs> it's a hell of a day. Smoky, smoky, <laughs> drinky, drinky. Tariq Hill missed a couple of quarters. And I think in his absence, he solidified the MVP. Do you agree? <laughs> I kind of like put a tweet out at the end of the game just like for laughs and for that Tyreek for MVP. I mean, that that other than him maybe catching like 250 yards worth of receiving, you know, yards the other night, him not playing and then seeing their offense and the quarterback completely stall out. Then he comes back in and they drive right down the field and then he goes back out and they can't move the ball again. I mean, Billy, just, you know, tell me I'm right when I'm right. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I think I'm right. I don't know. <laughs> He's not going to give it to you. <laughs> I know. I can, I can see that. I He's just, just going to sit there and smile. Like, but I, I, I mean, he's he's special, and yeah, okay, we have work to be done. Dak Prescott's coming up the you know up the rankings in a big way. If they finish out what their schedule is, and he continues to play this way, he probably will get it. But I'm sick of this, as you know, conversation of just a quarterback all the time. Sure. And I'm going to continue to try to break down the barrier here, at least open up the eyes to everybody, so we can have a healthy conversation here. The driving force of the Dolphins' offense is Tyree Kill. The driving force of the 49ers offense is Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And that's where it makes it interesting this year in this, you know, MVP conversation. Uh, Chris, that was a bad loss for the Dolphins. They were up, you know, 14, three minutes to go. Should have won that game. (laughs) They ended up losing the game. Are you concerned about them at all? Because my concerns are two. It's like, if it's not perfect for Tua, Meaning two-step drop, get rid of the ball. If he has to scramble, it doesn't work, Chris. No, no, that's what it, you, I think. What you know, you're saying, and, and I'll try to clean it up for you, basically in a good way to say it. Right? Is when the game gets ugly, that that's not good. Like when the game gets ugly and grimy, yes. and oh, it's getting physical, and there's not a p- lot of plays in space. That's when you worry about the Dolphins, right? That that's kind of what we've seen them struggle with this year. That again, a creative game plan. Uh, they did some cool things on defense to take Miami out of what they wanted to do. And they were willing to go, hey, run the ball. We're, you got numbers in the box. But within that, they go, you know, our front four, even though you got us outnumbered in the run by, running game, we feel like we're kind of physical and you guys aren't that physical and you want the game to be space-oriented and all that. And Vrabel basically called their bluff and just said, yeah, I'm going to play some crazy coverages where I actually am going to avoid some areas and leave some people wide open, and I'm going to force you to run the ball. And, of course, it it paid off in a big way. Check out my podcast from today. I put some screenshots on and some plays where Tennessee plays a defense where they don't cover the backside receiver because they go, we can't stop everything, so we're going to basically not cover Jalen Waddell on the backside. You'll see it being released here soon. And – you know, McDaniel and Tua never really, you know, corrected it or, or made them pay for that bluff that they continued to do. They didn't make the adjustment. That's surprising with McDaniel, though. Exactly. I was shocked. I was yeah. shocked. I really was. And, and you know, maybe yeah, you'll check it out on my social media in a little while when it pops up. Uh, all right. We will check it out. Billy, you going to check it out? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he watched you at halftime. You got to give him credit. He said you were talking about something at halftime. There's a few times lately he's brought up stuff I've talked about. I'm a big Chris Sims guy, you know? Hey, hey, oh, hey. I like this guy over here. Chris, uh, seems like maybe after all, you might have been right about Zach Wilson, huh? Well, I'm not going to go that far. What? You know, it's one game. It's one game, but he looked good. Again, I think you guys see the physical ability he has there, right? You know, but was it the Texans on a bad day? Was it his head coach giving them some clues on the offensive side of the ball, how D'Amico Ryan's defense works? Because, of course, Robert Sala taught D'Amico Ryan's a lot of what he knows. So I'd like to see more. You see the talent for sure. He looked very comfortable. They made some big-time throws. It was good to see. Good to see everybody, you know, off his back for a week at least. He he didn't wait for the plays to develop, like, forever. Just sit back there and pat the ball and take a sack. He was quick to go, oh, Brees Hall is a guy when, if I give it to him right there, can probably make a few people miss, and I get eight yards. Right. Instead of, like, patting the ball two more times, like, maybe Garrett Wilson will come open here in a second, right? right? Agreed. So It was the hard knock. Chris, that's what it was. It was. If you go back to hard knocks, Aaron said you have two seconds. Otherwise, get the hell out of here or get rid of the ball. Yeah, hopefully that continues this week. We'll see. It's it's yeah. uh, but it's it's he had a good feel for it and they looked at a good game. But I didn't watch that game on film yet. I I will as the uh, week rolls on here because I would like to see what they did to to get after that Texans defense. Uh, Chris, it's funny. The, uh, if you sorry, Mikey. <laughs> I just said, hopefully, Billy. Hopefully, Zach Wilson could do it again, right, Billy? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, right. Hopefully, hopefully against the against the Dolphins. Yes, that yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Billy would be that. Billy would, didn't be hear terrib- you. He's that would typing be terrible. something, and he wasn't even really listening. Kind of in and out. Since he's here, here, but he's not here. I liked him better when he was on vacation. How dare I mean, all of you? <laughs> distracting me i mean it's unbelievable sims i wanted to ask you quickly uh the elite teams the teams they don't want to uh, face in the playoffs it goes without saying none of those elite teams want to see josh allen in the playoffs because he doesn't give a where he plays you he doesn't care who your quarterback is he is ready to go play football and win a game but give me a couple of more teams maybe the broncos maybe some other teams where the elite teams they just don't want to see that team come playoff time well i think that's another one you said i mean you hit it right with buffalo the broncos the way they're playing D, Sean Payton, you know he can game plan. Russell, I mean, you know, played in Super Bowls, drove him down to the two-yard line and another two. I mean, he ain't going to be afraid of much either. So, you know, that's one you don't want to see come into town. Uh, I, I would throw those two up there as being the leaders in that conversation, at least in the AFC as far as the teams that are not in sitting on the outside, right? The other team in the NFC that I'll throw into that conversation, man, there's no way you want to see McVay, Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Aaron Donald coming into town. They give zero They will go for it, and they got some leadership and, of course, some playoff, you know, grit about them anyways. So that would be two teams that I would go – or three teams, I would say, that that certainly would be scary to whoever's hosting early on in in the playoffs. Uh, Sims, we will uh, get you out of here in just a second, but I did want to ask you about uh, Tommy DeVito because I told you it's such a great story. A Jersey kid, grew up a Giants fan, went to Syracuse. He is everything. He is so New Jersey. He is such a Giant fan. This is such a great story, and I never want it to end. No, it really is cool. Don Bosco Prep, right, high school. That's where my brother went. It's kind of a right. North, North Jersey powerhouse football program. Uh, great. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. It really is. 
And, you know, again, you see playing a little bit, making a few plays here and there. Uh, and then, too, I think he's given juice to the team and the fan base here. I was glad they stuck with him over Tyrod Taylor. No disrespect to Tyrod Taylor, but, you know, like you're saying, I think people are kind of rallying around this right now, and he's gutted out three three wins for the New York Giants. We'll see where it goes. I do think he can play himself into being a legit backup for the New York Giants for years to come, and, you know, that's the positive thing. But, you know, respect to the Giants who keep fighting and then certainly aren't laying down for any teams on their schedule. They're a game out of the playoffs. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. I it's know. crazy. I know, I know the NFL wanted parity, but do they really want all these mediocre, below-average teams being in the playoff on? I'm not sure that's a great look either. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know either, you know? Yeah, Billy's shaking his head, and I'm with both of you guys. I think Billy agrees with you on that, well, right, Billy? Because um, yeah. I'm wondering how it's going to play out in the actual playoffs, right? Like, hopefully, yeah. by the time the playoffs come, things settle down somewhat, and it's not just a bunch of blowouts because teams shouldn't even be in there. I don't think it – well, that's what sucks. I, I think the first round, we could see that. And I think in the NFC – you might have two teams in the bottom, like six and seven, who are both below 500. I don't think it's that crazy to think that happens. Like the Bucks were last year, I think you could have – you might have the NFC South winner below 500 and then the sixth and seventh seed below 500. Like, is that playoffs? I mean, I don't know. That's where, you know, they watered down the field, and I know they want more money and more playoff checks and all that shit, but damn quickly here uh two games what your thoughts on it okay uh dallas yeah. at buffalo dallas at buffalo big game this weekend i think you feel like dallas might be the best team in the nfl after san francisco right buffalo right. still has a shot no one wants allen this is a big game chris big game i do agree with yes i think that it's 49ers and then dallas would be my second best team in football right you know that pass rush them trying to contain josh allen the cowboys play a ton of man-to-man this will be a good test to see if, you know, these Bills receivers can separate because they had a hard time separate last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, that's going to be interesting. And then, hey, Dallas, last week was their first marquee win of the year. So, you know, this will just make us believe more. Can they go on the road in the cold, beat Buffalo, who's desperate, all of that? Uh, definitely one of the games of the week. I can't wait to, to watch that one. And then your game, um, the Ravens, good team, solid team. They have games like that every now and again. They figured out a way to win last week. The Jaguars, right. the team, Chris, I cannot figure out for the life no, of me. I'm with you. But it's a great game, and it's an important game for both teams. It is, it is. And, you know, the Ravens, yeah, have not been playing their best football in the last three games or so. You know, they the Chargers game, they could have lost that, right? Yeah, yeah, certainly could have lost last week as well. I do think it was big for the Ravens to win a game that way. Clutch, fourth quarter, comeback, overtime. They haven't done many of those the last few years in, in the Lamar Jackson era in, in, in totality. They haven't. That was one box they needed to check. I think that's a positive for them. Um, but, yeah, Jacksonville, I'm just, you know, I'm shocked at how the defense has been torn apart the last two weeks. To me, yeah. that's the shocker. They got more talent than, than what they've done against Cleveland and, of course, the week before with Browning and the Bengals just going up and down the field on them. PFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock, on Button Podcast as well. Football Night in America and every week here on God Bless Football. We love him. Chris, thank you. Enjoy the weekend, man. Happy birthday to you, by the way. Thanks, man. 61. Wow. I mean. Unreal. Yeah, I, I, I feel good for my age, but I'm still 61, man. I mean, wow. That's a, that's a lot of years. 
Well, yes, it is. 61's a lot of years, depending on your vantage point. But, Mike, you look great. Like, you look great. You just said you feel great. I see these pictures all over Twitter with you and your grandchild. I mean, you yeah. are glowing, Mike Golick. Yeah, that that's very, very cool. That That's going to keep me young. But at the end of the day, I'm going to need new body parts, need new shoulder, need new knee. At some point, that's going to have to happen. Uh, so we'll see what it does to my golf game. Uh, you got a new quarterback. Congratulations to you. Yes, it's getting interesting. You know, Mike and I were talking about, for those who don't know what we're saying, Riley Leonard, the quarterback from Duke, uh, hit the portal, and he is now going to Notre Dame. Um, He had a tough year this year because against Notre Dame, he had the ankle injury, then he had a toe injury, didn't pass the ball great, but is an incredible running threat. Now, the year before, he had 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. So we'll see. Notre Dame had... More than a few receivers hit the portal. They're bringing in guys. So this is what's getting interesting, Stu, is the development of a quarterback, right? So just using Notre Dame as as the, the example here, but this is true of a lot of teams. A guy named Steve Angeli has been behind the starting quarterbacks the last couple of years. Sam Hartman mm-hmm. this particular year. Sam Hartman opted out of the bowl game to prepare for the NFL, so Angeli will start the bowl game Notre Dame's playing in against Oregon State. But then come fall or, or or winter and spring, Riley Leonard will be in. And it kind of works like free agency now. Riley Leonard's getting paid, right? NIL money. Yep. Riley yep. Leonard would have to screw up to not win the starting job, right? right. We can sit yes. there and say it's a competition, but Riley Leonard has the upper hand. So what about players like Steve Angeli? And, and I'm just using him because it's this example, but there's many around the country who are waiting for their, you know, there was a time of waiting for your turn. Yes, waiting right? for your turn. Yes, that's got to be frustrating to and, them, and, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit with going into the portal. But for those guys that do stay, you know, Sam Hartman comes in as a starter, he leaves. Now Riley Leonard's going to come in the starter, and you have the big-time recruit C.J. Carr for Notre Dame coming in. So will they get to a position of like an Ian Book, again, using as an example – of a three-year starter, you know, or because how many starting quarterbacks have we seen transferring this year? Where they were starting and yes. they're going somewhere else to start now. So, man, it really changes the landscape of college football a lot. The kid from Oklahoma going to uh, to Oregon. Oregon's. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, I Mike, mean, do you like this? Because you're a traditionalist. Do, like, do you like, so for Notre Dame, you had Sam Hartman last year. It's like every year you get to have a new quarterback. And your point is a good point, Mike, where the freshmen are going to say, hey, I came here right out of high school to play for this school, to play for yeah. this coach. Why are you still looking in the portal to find someone who's better than yeah. I am? Yeah, because they're ready-made. That's what's right. happening is they're going to yeah. say they, they have experience already. And what about the recruit that – sees kind of the the potential lineups and says, okay, I'm going to go to this school because I see my turn happening pretty soon there. And then they bring in a portal person at his position and right. it goes by the wayside. Do I like it? Um, I, if you ask me, it, it it's kind of twofold because yes, I, I'm more of a traditionalist, but I also understand that players have four or five years in, in the COVID era, they had six, but mainly four or five years to either play, now make some money, or show their wares for the NFL. So I personally do not have a problem with them trying to find the right spot for them. Now listen, they have to live with their own decisions. Sometimes they move too quickly or too many times, and they end up hurting themselves. 
other players it works look at look at take the last 10 heisman winners i think six or seven were transfer guys right yeah. and they were good enough yes. to go win the heisman yeah. so i i guess at my age now Stu, and us being in this for decades now and, and maybe how i would have reacted when i first got in this business to now to now my point is it doesn't really matter what i think because it's here so how does your team deal with it? You know, you have right. Dabo Swinney talking about, I, I like the recruiting in the old school. Well, adapt or die. You have mm -hmm. Matt Rule saying, I don't know if we can get these quarterbacks here. They're going to cost you a mil, mil and a half. Well, was that a statement of we're not bringing these guys in? Or was that Matt Rule's statement of saying, hey, alumni, we need money in our collective to get these guys. So yes. my thought is, these are the new rules. Find a way to play within the rules and be competitive. Or it's on you. It's interesting because you do feel bad for the kids who, who yeah. went to Notre yes. Dame, right? Yep. And and now have to wait another year. There's a quarterback there who but he can leave too, Mike. That's the thing. That's <laughs> he the doesn't thing. want to leave. He came in. So Riley Leonard, that's my point. He chose Duke. I don't know if he was good enough to make it to Notre Dame out of high school, right. okay? Right. But he chose Duke. And then yesterday, all over social media, uh, dream comes true, play like a champion today. Get out of here. You wanted to go to Notre, uh, Notre Dame, you should have went there straight out of high school. Well, now, now what I, I don't know if he was recruited there out of high okay. school. So that, okay. that I don't know. And players, Well, then he should have been better. I mean. <laughs> players, players will look for an opportunity to go – to maybe what they perceive a better program. I, 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 I picked this quick example, and I forgot his name. There was a tight end at UConn who had right. a career year last year. Mm -hmm. And what's he doing now? One of the teams they played against was Tennessee, and he had a big game against Tennessee. He's transferring to Tennessee. I guess Tennessee cool. is going to yeah. be a bigger spotlight on his, on his potential and what he can do for the next level. So – Man, it's it, it affects everybody. Now instead of 25, 18 year olds in a recruiting class, it's 12, 18 year olds and 12 guys in the portal. How far are we removed from from I mean, since the NCAA is doing this with college football and basketball and all the sports, really? Uh, and what you're hearing is a frustrated father who's got a daughter playing lacrosse yeah. at Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. Like everyone stay away. <laughs> okay. But how far removed, like Mike, how close are we? Can you envision a day where these colleges are trading kids? <laughs> like, not no never trading okay. kids but i think what the ncaa wants to do now after just completely pushing aside nil and saying you guys deal with it now they want to control it all yeah. now they want to they not pay the kids from the Notre from the school fund but use the money remember schools were always getting all the money from alumni right and yeah. now a lot of the alumni are giving money to the collectives which are going to the schools now so the school is trying to propose, or, or the NCA, for the schools to run the NIL. That way, they get all the money, and they're dealing with how the money goes out. I don't know if that's if if and when that's going to happen. I do think eventually, though, uh, football has to separate from all the other sports, agreed, and be yeah. their own entity. Yeah, I would love if someone put up a pile of money for the winner of the actual college football playoff to play the winner of Florida State and Georgia. Like, why not? <laughs> Yeah, the only issue is, as you well know, these bowl games, you get guys who already are in the portal, so they won't be playing in the game, and guys who are getting ready for the NFL that will drop out of this game. So you're not getting a true Florida State team or a true Georgia team in this game. 
how would you feel about a special playoff portal? I don't want to give you an example. So let's say Florida State, who didn't make it because they were down to their third string quarterback. Right. You're going to like this idea. I could see the wheels turning. Okay. What if Arch Manning said, you know what? I It's a special playoff portal. Florida State needs a quarterback. I'm go Or Caleb Williams, for that matter. I'm going to Florida State. So here's the deal. With a special playoff portal, Mike, you get to play in their bowl game, and then you have to stay for one full year after that. Do you like that idea? That would be awesome. Yes. That would be awesome. Yes, I would love. Oh, just keep throwing monkey wrenches into the whole situation, right? And see how teams, if their their heads explode. Right. Uh, hey, I like committee, that before you decide, it's Arch Manning. I'm going to Florida State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where are you putting him now? You know, even though Arch is throwing like, what, five passes this It year. doesn't matter. His last yeah. name's Manning. I know, I know. That would be awesome. They get in, Mike. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> idea. Now you sound yeah. like Billy. It sounds like one of Billy's things. He's Sorry, so, someone had to yeah. fill the void, Mike. I'm yeah. sorry That's about okay. that. No uh, so I, I want to go NFL, Mike, and I know you yeah. love this. We have Saturday games, and you yes, know that do. means, hey, well, it's a bittersweet day because it means college football is, is essentially yeah. over. We have the yeah. bowl yeah. season and then the playoffs, of course. But uh, it also means we're getting really close to the playoffs. And so I love the Saturday games. It feels like this year, more so than any year, unless you disagree, Mike, maybe it's the 49ers. There is no clear-cut best team in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. Do you agree? I would say the 49ers and Cowboys have separated themselves. Okay. From, and you covered the Dallas game, so you saw yeah, how good they were. I saw it. Personal. Yeah. Yes. I think they've separated themselves um, from everybody else. I think that out of the AFC, I would look at Baltimore as being the most complete team right now. But, I mean, you got how many teams are at seven and six? I think the playoff scenario there is going to change. Yeah. I think the Broncos are going to get in. Of these Saturday games, I'm actually calling the Broncos-Lions game. So oh, I'm nice. really looking forward to that. And I'm with you. I love the fact that there are three games all at separate times, so you keep watching. That's why I hated the Monday night games that were on at the same time. Hey. And they both were good competitive games. Yes. And they were yeah. on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but I would say San Fran, Dallas, and we're dropping down a rung, you know, on on where we are in the playoffs. It's uh, – it's really opened up, especially in the AFC. I mean, right now, the Buffalo Bills are the 11th seed. Unbelievable. The 11th seed. And the I mean, team I would least want to face in the playoffs if I'm one of the elite teams. That's <laughs> exactly right. There are right. two games in the loss column behind Miami, but they really only need that gap to close to one game because they play the last week of the season and Buffalo already beat them. So if they can tie them with a win, they would have swept them and they would get the win the tiebreaker. So that one's getting interesting. Denver, it's getting interesting because Kansas City is not playing as well. Denver just one game behind there. Yeah. So they're on a bit of a run right now. But the NFCs too, I mean, tell me. I mean, because we've seen San Francisco blow out Dallas and Philly, but Dallas is a different team now. That, that wouldn't happen now. Philly is is struggling, especially with some of the injuries they have in the back half of their defense. So, and I still think the knee is bothering uh, Jalen Hurts some. So right. I don't. I, and, and then after you know it's, it's San Francisco, Dallas, whatever order, probably Philly. And then, then where are you going? You going Detroit? To stumbled Detroit? lately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's, it's, it's it's you're certainly not going to the NFC South 
where yeah. a losing record is going to get you in again. So I, I will say know. this, Mike, another team I would not want to see in the playoffs in the NFC, and you're right. Those are the two clear-cut teams, I think, along with the Eagles still. We shouldn't write them off. But a team I wouldn't want to see in the NFC is the Rams, just because yes. Stafford, McVay, Donald, they've been there, they've done that. You know, I, I agree. They, they could be that thorn in your side of costing you something. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It's interesting, Mike, because um, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, the call at the end of the game, Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. And I hate, I hate uh, how the Chiefs reacted to that game. I hated it. Okay. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, like yep. you, you have lived a charmed life in yep. the NFL. And the first time something doesn't, everything has gone your way. Yeah. And the first time something doesn't go your way, you blast the referee. So I am wondering, what'd you make of that call? Well, what'd you make of the reaction? I think a lot of it was frustration because remember it was a week before against Green Bay, Marquez Valdez Scantling got it interfered with. I mean, openly, and it wasn't called, right? Yeah, terrible. But, yeah. You know, you play long enough, you're on both sides of those calls. And even after that game, Patrick Mahomes didn't lose his mind. He said, you know, we have other plays where we need couldn't make up things. That shouldn't be the game. And in this one, you know, I think it was the frustration building because the whole even Andy, who, God, I love, and we've been friends for so long, we usually yeah. get a warning. I mean, we had Richard Sherman on, and Richard Sherman had said, listen, when I play press coverage, I'm up by the line. We look over at the ref, too, and say, are we good? And they'll give a thumbs up. So if you don't ask, they're not going to tell you. And to sit there and think, if they're lined up offside, you don't call it and just go to the coach and say, your guy's, guy's lining up offsides. As the pool reporting official said after the game, it was so egregious we had to call it. I mean, right. I would love the fact that if I'm lined up in the neutral zone, they don't call it on me, and they just tell my coach to give us a warning. They don't do that to the defensive side, all right? <laughs> all of a sudden, the offense is looking for, yeah, we know we are offside, but, I mean, come on, give us a warning. Give me a break. You lined up offsides. Uh, and, then, and then Kansas City tries to say, well, he did it three or four other times. So what? So that and they and three other four and they didn't call it and you call this one. I mean, my God, you broke the rule. You lined up offsides. You were wrong. Quit trying to make an excuse on why they shouldn't have called it. So you're acknowledging and admitting that we do this all game and they <laughs> but we don't like the one time they actually called it. And plus I heard I heard the head referee talk about, hey, we work with these guys, we communicate with them the entire game. We kept telling them to get back and they didn't get back. Yeah, I mean, and and again, that's the offensive side. There seems to be way more communications with ref, wide receivers, and coaches than there certainly is on the defensive side. You line up offside, you're offside. Uh, there ain't no two ways about it, and they ain't giving you any breaks. Uh, Mike, quickly here, Joe Flacco was on his couch three weeks ago in his parents' house watching football, and now he's better than 80% of the quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's better looking than 100% of the men his age, okay? And so, it's... I like, this is such a cool – Mike, if he keeps playing like this with that defense, the Browns are going to be dangerous, man. Well, we had always said because of the Browns' defense, they're going to be in every game. And then, you, you know, Denzel Ward got injured in the secondary, and then Miles Garrett with the shoulder. You started wondering, but they seem to be coming through this uh, all right. Flacco, now, you know, five touchdowns, two interceptions. He's completing under 57% of his passes. Let's see if there's some legs to it. Just don't turn the ball over. You got a good right. running game. You got a good all-line Quite honestly, the O-line's probably happy because they know exactly where Flacco's going to be, right in the pocket, 
good yep. cup protection. And it, and Joku seems to be the beneficiary right now of a lot of the passes. But we've seen guys come in as backup, start out really looking good, and then come back down. So we'll see if there's some consistency to this. All right. Uh, the two big games, at least for me, uh, this weekend, Cowboys-Bills, your thoughts? I mean, what Bills team's going to show up, right? We can get right. Josh Allen – so much is going to go on his shoulders of him either throwing the ball and running the ball. So, and, and what? where's the defense? Can the defense slow down a Dallas team? Mike McCarthy is doing an excellent job of play calling. You awesome. talk about the scripts in the beginning. He's got plays going everywhere. First to see how the defense reacts, but also it, he's doing a great job of keeping the defense on their heels and not letting them attack. So are the Bills able to uh, kind of reverse that a bit? And as I said on offense, which which Josh Allen you getting? You know, you turning the ball over in the red zone, and you can't you can't turn the ball. That's what Philadelphia did. And their biggest players, they're driving one drive, Jalen Hurts fumble, another drive, AJ Brown fumble, another drive, Devontae Smith fumble. These are guys you count on, and yep. you're fumbling and losing and giving losing possession and giving Dallas extra possession. So can't do that, especially in the red zone. Uh, Ravens, Jags, Mike. That's a big game inside the AFC. Big for Jacksonville, man. Yeah, huge for Jacksonville, whose defense needs to start picking it back up again. It was playing well for a while, and that has fallen off a bit. And anytime you talk about Baltimore, it's containing of Lamar. We talked about this last week. Lamar Jackson, in a sport full of some of the best athletes in the world, sometimes makes these best athletes look silly with how Crazy. great of an athlete he is. Mike, Even it's though, the thing, Domin when Dominique Foxworth, who is a former Raven and a friend of both of ours, when he yeah. first saw Lamar Jackson, he texted me, it's in on a field full of world-class athletes. It's nearly yep. impossible to stand yeah. out. Lamar Jackson stands out. It's stunning. Yes. I mean, it, it is stunning and how smooth he is doing it. And remember, this is the year they they finally kind of got him receivers. Odell stepping up to having to do more now that Mark Andrews is out. Zay Flowers has been fantastic. Right. Andrews is out. Isaiah Likely, the tight end, I kind of like how he's been incorporated in as well. I like Baltimore. I like them. I think they're the most complete team in the AFC, so I do like them in this game. Okay. All right, Mike. Well, enjoy the, uh, the Saturday games. You're on the Broncos game, correct? Yes. Yes, Broncos right. at Detroit. Yeah, yeah, looking nice. forward to that one. That's such a big game. All these games are so big, man. <laughs> and and with Detroit, you just never know. I mean, all of a sudden, can that offense throw up 30 points? Right. You know, again, against a defense, a Denver defense, and don't look at them statistically where they're ranked because they were so bad early. They're playing great ball right now. Uh, can you imagine if the Chiefs don't make the playoffs? Be stunning. I mean, absolutely stunning. You want to see heads explode. Watch Mahomes deal with that one. You want to see Chief fans come after Kelsey and Swift. I mean, oh, you know, my gosh. I keep trying to warn my friend. <laughs> boy, you're right about that. Oh, boy. Uh, Gojo and Golick every day, 8 to 10 a.m. on the DraftKings Network, wherever you get your podcasts as well. And, of course, Golick and Smetty as well, weekly on the DraftKings Network and also wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Mike, enjoy the football weekend. Enjoy uh, Denver and Detroit. Happy birthday to you. And I cannot Thank believe you. you and I did this without Billy and Mikey. Look at us. We did it. And I actually think it'll it'll look fine. It'll look like they knew what the hell we were doing. Who knows? <laughs> we'll be better looking because they're not here. So we're good. Good point. That's a great point. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. What are you doing for the Gronk Bowl, Gordy? Well, it's not really so much what I'm doing. I'm here for uh, moral support of my brother. Mm. Um, you know, he's probably going to need it after I just looked at his schedule. Uh, I see there's at least 12 things on there over the next two days. And half of them I probably won't attend because it looks a little too intense for me. 
But what's cool is he is actually going to be singing the national anthem at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> so this should be really interesting. Uh, I'm going to see if there's an over-under on how long he goes. Gordy, I meant to I meant to show you this, and I have to show Chris this, but I ordered for Black Friday oh a half. You have the half gallon. I got a half gallon ice shaker. Yeah. What, what colors do you consider that? This, uh, I think that it was called is a, that a turquoise azul. I think I, he was trying to go with the dolphins, but they maybe they. I don't know what's going no, on. No, this was okay, Billy. Billy, yeah. as your lawyer, be careful with that shit in the car, man. It becomes a projectile. My son has one. It, if there's anybody in the car and it's not, it's a bat, It's going to rattle around and knock somebody in the head and knock them out. Be careful with that shit. I okay. get it. Well, well, Billy. Also, if you get stuck in traffic, it's it's really good use for some other things as well. There you I go. I agree. Especially long bus trips. Well, so I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to drink more water because I get kidney stones. So I figured that this was a good start. Um, <laughs> it, start. it does make me pee so much when I drink all of this water. This one has the bump up. Look at that one. This one has the speaker on it. The new Ooh, speaker I bottle. I did. I saw those. That's new, right? God bless football Christmas presents coming in for us. Mm. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. The shaker bottles with God bless football on them. There we go. Welcome, Juju. Juju. What's up, baby? Juju. Thank you. Look at you, handsome stud. <laughs> Thank you, man. Not sure you Appreciate want that Eagles jersey on, but. Yeah, my, my, pick, <laughs> my pick of the week last week was the Cowboys, baby. Hey, I believe I believe in uh, K-Funk every time, bro. He be right. Except that one time we had my uh we, we had a dueling picks that one week. Yeah, I went you know I, mean? I went Carl, five, Carl was perfect went, though. Carl man, went perfect, went, man, for Thanksgiving. Right. Juju, I went five and zero oh last week, just so just so you know. Give it drop, Juju. Hey, Give make drop. make Give sure you look that up though. Look yeah, that up. <laughs> we're checking Billy, that. Billy never gives me props. It's always like, oh, Carl did this, Juju did this. I'm going like I'm going like four. I'm going like four and one, and Billy gives me no props. So I went five. Uh -huh. <laughs> Has anybody Billy gone five and zero oh? in the history of the show? Yes, this, this year, season, this, this year. I think Share Bear had a 5-0 and a week. I think so. Yeah. Followed by an 0-5 week. So let's get started for this week. The first game is the Broncos at the Lions. The Lions are a four-point favorite. Carl, who do you like in this one? I think the Broncos are going to keep it close. The Lions may win, but I'll go with the Broncos and take the points. Mm. All right, Juju. Broncos at Lions. Lions minus four. I'm going to go with the Lions, brother. I think the the, the Broncos are due for an embarrassing loss. And I think the Dan Campbell is the person to give it to him. Okay. Gordy? I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I, I Denver doesn't really get blown out unless they play Miami. So uh, I'm going with the Broncos. K-Funk? Nice. This one's kind of tough, but I'm with I'm with Juju here. I think the Lions have been in a little slump here. I think they're ready to the guy home, right? They're at home, right? Yeah, Lions yeah. are at home. I think I think the Lions will get it together this week and put on a good performance. Give me give me the Lions. All right, Share Bear. Nice. I'm gonna go with my man, uh my man Carl. I'm gonna go with uh, the Broncos, baby. I feel it. What, I'm not your man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the Broncos. Nah, not this time. Hey, I was listening to what you were saying. I was trying to figure out uh, something else over here. I didn't know you were – we're going together then, all three of us. Salute to Sherbert, too, man. I seen you doing an interview with Pickleball, man, online, man. Your name ranking bells in the streets, man. Salute, bro. Hey, dude, uh, we got to get out there, me and you. I mean, I got to know, man. All my friends are hurt. Gordy's hurt. K-Funk couldn't nearly <laughs> ever play, but he's still hurt. We got to get you. I have a question for you, Share Bear. What is, the, 
What's the difference in uh, in pickleball paddles? Like, how good are the good ones versus, like, if I just want to go out and get, like, an entry-level one to go and kind of mess around on the weekend, what's the difference in quality? You wouldn't know the difference right away. Just yeah. like me, if I don't know how to use all your cameras and stuff, if you don't know how to use a Tesla, you're not going to use all the stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've got a Tesla. I, did, I, I rented one, and I just used, like, nothing. I didn't use cruise control. I didn't use anything. <laughs> It was a pain in the ass. I uh, you get a lot out. Basically, he can't go wrong buying a paddle just to play with. No, for now. (laughs) Yeah, but then once you get better, you'll appreciate the better stuff. You know. Okay. So for so if I just want to get in, I just need a paddle and a couple balls, and I'm good to go. Send me an address, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll get you. Okay. Also, uh, be careful because I read that every Tesla was recalled because there was some sort of issue with all Teslas. So I'm not a Tesla guy. I I just I randomly thought it'd be cool to. Oh, Carl! I have one. They just send you an update on the app. It's all electronic, man. They just send you something and it's updated. Okay, good. I was worried. You were warning me about the water bottles before, Carl, so I was worried about you and your car as well. It's all good. It's all good. Although, although, I think it should be stated for the record that ice shakers do not actually harm anyone. Not never, not once. They're a great container. Product. The metal container is a danger if it's in the back seat with people in the car. Not, not if it's an ice shaker, though. You're breaking up, Carl. Not if it's an ice shaker. Must be your Call me. Okay, folks, do it and call me afterwards. No, don't do that. <laughs> call me later. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Next game Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins are an eight and a half point favorite. Carl, who do you have? I learned last week whenever there's a lot of points, You'll always take the points. The Dolphins have a lot of injuries this week. We don't know what T. Hill is going to be playing. The Jets are always tough on defense. I'm taking the Jets and the points. Juju, Jets, and Dolphins. Dolphins, eight and a half points. I don't whip my brother on that one. He said he put it more perfect than I can put it. And I believe him. You feel me? I'm with the Jets and the points. You did. All right, Gordy. I'm with uh, both my brothers on this one. So it makes three of us. Yes, I, sir. I'm taking the points. That's way too many points in a tight division game. Jets need to win, too, if they want to have any chance of still being in it. All right, K-Funk. I, I hate to agree with everyone, and I'm a Dolphin. <laughs> but I, heard, I heard Hill's not playing, or they're, they're talking about keeping Hill out, right? That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, give me – I mean, the Jets I, – I liked as much as I'd hate to say this, and Mikey A and Stu Gotts are not here to hear this, but the Jets have a f- good defense, man. They're yeah. They're good. And they always play us tough, and um, everyone's like, oh, revenge game, we're going to smack them. I, I, I think it's going to be close. I'll, I, hopefully we win, but I'm going to take the points. Share Bear? I mean, K-Funk's all about you know his little record and his record. I'm about you know who's got the highest potential, you know? <laughs> mm. Win or lose, you got to put it out there. So I can't beat everybody this week if I don't go against the grain. Here's my chance. So <laughs> I got to win them all, but I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to put myself out there, and here we go. All right, I like that. <laughs> Next game, Cowboys at Bills. Bills are a two-point favorite. Carl, who do you like? I think Dallas is going to have a letdown after beating the Eagles last week. It's going to be a wet weather. The Bills have to win this game to stay in it. I'm going with Josh. He may throw a win interception, but I'm going with Josh and the Bills. All right, Juju? I do not like that the Bills are favored in this game, being a Bills fan. It makes me so sad. But I will take the Bills because we have to win. And if we lose, it would be just as bad as me losing here. So I'm taking the Bills. Gordy? I'm agreeing again because I'm just not going to go against my hometown right now. <clears throat> I want to see I want to see Buffalo in the playoffs. And every yes, week right now for Buffalo is a Super Bowl game. 
you know, it was a playoff game. So they're just, they're going all out right now. And this is a good spot for Dallas to let down. It's tough going up north, especially when you're playing in, you know, in, inside. I think it's going to be a t- tough game what'd for Dallas think, to win. What did you think of last week's game against the Chiefs, Gordy? I thought they should have called offsides on Tony uh, a couple times before that ever <laughs> happened, and then that would never have happened. And so, then they let every single play go. So then the one play they do call that he's offsides is probably one of the sickest plays I've ever seen in and in the NFL that will never count. But was he offsides? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but overall, like Bills always play KC tight. And that doesn't mean that KC would have won that game either because, you know, they still would have had a minute something left to go down and, and tie it or win it. Patrick Mahomes, get out of here with that complaining after the game, yeah. man. It's your first time being on that other side of the ball. You know what I mean? So some professionalism. Have a heart. Nobody don't do well, that. The other, they do that the house. I agree with you, Juju. And I think the other – I think the other thing, too, is, you know, there's plays earlier in the game if they made, you know, that they wouldn't even have been in that situation. So right. you can't look at it like with one play, but that play was sick. Yeah, it was it sick. Sucks <laughs> count. And I'm a Bills fan. That play was filthy. Chris Sims went over the tape and he told us that he had been offsides five times in the game before that play that they did call. So he was offsides all day long. Uh, all right, K-Funk. Well, what, what, never going to learn if they don't call it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Share Bear, Share Bear, you'll be happy to hear this. I am um, love the Bills this week. I think Dallas is going to get – everyone's riding Dallas. They're going to get knocked down here. And like I said last week, they're going to lose two in a row. They're going to come to Miami. We're going we're gonna to beat them. So uh, give me the Bills this week. That cold weather, Dak, shut them down. Share Bear? Well, we know who he's taking. Well, no, I'm actually, no I mean, I'm going to go with – Gordy said a great thing. He's talking about the weather, how tough it is, and <laughs> – I mean, I just see how tough it is for Billy to be in 71 degrees, a little bit yeah. of rain. rain Look yeah. how uncomfortable he is. Mm. Imagine being in 37 <laughs> degrees, a little rain, snow. I mean, I mean, man, inside 70 degrees, Billy, uncomfortable. It's um, terrible. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to take Gordy's, you know, philosophy and go with the Bills. Now, I mean, I, I'm going to point this out to you, Sherbert. Every single other person took the Bills, so you do have a chance there to make up some ground. Go against the grain, man. Go against the grain. Go against the grain. Hey. Come on. Go right. against the grain. <laughs> hey, one game. I'm going one game against once against the grain. Okay. All right. You have the Bills. All right, Carl, next game. Ravens at Jaguars. Jaguars plus three. So Ravens are a three-point favorite on the road. The Ravens lucked out against my Rams last week who played better than they did for three and a half quarters. But the Jags have a quarterback that's that, that's kind of injured. The Ravens want the number one seed. I'm going with the Ravens. Give up the points. All right, Juju. Bro, I hate that I'm going after Carl because I just agree with what he's saying, bro. I feel like Trevor Lawrence, you need to stop trying to be Hercules and sit your ass down, brother. You got your brother right there who practice every day with you in the quarterback room, the number two guy. Give CJ Breath of the chance to win the game, man. You out there hobble the 80%. That ain't, that ain't going to cut it right now. Rest up for the playoffs, and y'all will be have a better chance down the road. But him playing in this game still after playing last week, I think that at least the uh, the Ravens. I think they're gonna win by seven points. Put mm. me down for Ravens seven. You did. Oh, oh wow. Okay, Gordy. Don't put me down for Ravens seven. I, I, <laughs> nah, I was gonna say. I, I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it at three. Have you even switched up the order yet of who's picking no, first? Same and last? Order. It's like the same order. I'm just going me, down a sheet today to not get confused. You know what? We'll switch be. up the order. If you want, I can switch the order next time. Well, I, I all I know is Jags are really good away from home besides last week. They're 6-0, and and they suck at home. <laughs> so 
I don't know why, because I've been to a Jags game at home and you know, it's rowdy there and their defense is usually nice, but they've been, they have not been good at home. I'm taking Baltimore. You don't know what the status is of uh, Lawrence either. You know, how hurt, how beat up he is. So I got to I got to go with Baltimore. They're, they're healthy. They're ready to roll. Hey, Funk. I'm taking the Jags here. I like the Jags here. Um, same thing. Wow. I think, I think the rape do the rape, the Ravens and Cowboys. That's all anyone's ever talking about. Ravens and Cowboys. They're going to get, this is the NFL, man. Anyone can win on any game, you know? <laughs> The spread's three. That spread should be seven, like Juju said. Is it three or is it four? It's three. Well, it's three. I saw three and a half today, but you know how Billy is. He likes to he likes to toy with us. <laughs> I go but, on the um, DraftKings site. I give you the DraftKings spread. Anyway, uh, I think that spread's way too low. So I'm gonna Are you drinking hypnotic right now? Jeez, no, no, he is. Fabulous, on, baby. Fabulous. Hypnotic. I'm on a couple I'm on a couple Percocets for my surgery, buddy. I feel right there. Oh, great. <laughs> Sheriff, yeah. Back to Jags about the rowdy stadium. I feel like, you know, it's a great stadium. They get that pool, but the weather's going to be shitty, and I feel like people are going to be out of the pool, and they're going to be actually watching the game. So, uh, you know, no more banking predictions this year. I'm going all weather predictions, so I'm going wow. to Jags. All right, final game, Eagles at Seahawks. Eagles are a four-point favorite. Gordy's I'll just lead it off. First. Do you want me to lead it off? No, Gordy's going to go. Gordy's going yeah, to go. Go, Gordy, gonna go first. <laughs> Eagles at Seahawks? Yeah. This is tough because, you know, it's like a coin flip who's that quarterback. If you don't know who the quarterback is, although that east to west coast travel is no joke. Mm -hmm. That Seattle stadium is popping, and they got to win, right. too. What's Billy, the Billy, what are we it's doing four here? right now. I'm going with Seattle. I'm taking the points. I think Share the bear? Eagles win by three. I mean, you already know. I'm just, I mean, I don't even need to know anything. I'm going with Space Needle. All right, Space Needle. <laughs> Juju, who do you like? Fly Eagles, fly man. They're gonna win by twenty points, man. Twenty I don't, points. I don't oh, okay. Competitive. Oh, now, don't 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 quote me, but they're gonna win this don't game. Quote me. Hey, don't quote him <laughs> on the Ravens seven or the twenty on the Eagles, but he's taking them. Right, that's why you're my brother. <laughs> All right, K Funk, who do you like? <laughs> I mean, if, if you're, you're not gonna give me a quarterback back update here, I thought you, you were like the number. I thought you, you were the picked number. this game. Number if we're seven. gonna be honest, I ask you hey. which games you liked because you're the one that complains the most about the games. No, and you gonna, picked this gonna, game. I said they're gonna be close games. Usually, the close games are the fun ones to pick. You know? <laughs> Listen, you're supposed to be the number eighth ranked NFL draft analyst in the world. I heard. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So number six or number four. Listen, give me the give me the twelfth man. Give me Seattle here. I hope Geno plays because if you don't, I might be in trouble here. Says cloudy for Gino in terms of uh, his forecast and playing. Mm. All right. Carl? With a chance to meet Bob. And this is going <laughs> to test of heart. And Jalen is going to show his heart this week. He's not going to have two bad games in a row. I'm going with the Eagles and giving up the points. Watch. All right. Well, next week we'll have the updated records for everyone. So everyone will know exactly where they stand with a couple weeks left in the year. Uh, Gordy, have fun at the Gronk Bowl. Gordy, yeah, make sure you guys look for me. Make sure you look for me on ABC. All right, ABC on Saturday, three thirty uh, Pacific time. That's six thirty East Coast time. You know, this time difference is already crazy because I feel like I'm partying with you guys. You know, in the morning here. <laughs> you know, why Juju's got his bottle. Cheers, brother. <laughs> Billy, send me your address, man. All right, I'll do that. Thank bottle. you, guys. Share Bear sending out gifts. I'll send you Are mine you too. <laughs> Later, guys. God bless football, boys. God bless football. God bless football.
A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. You know another thing that hasn't changed? Is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Ah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Sitting back in my dad's pickup truck. Me, my dad, Pappy. It's my granddad, I used to call him. Fishing at the pond. I remember dad and Pappy going back and forth saying, what is it about this new Miller Lite? Is it that it's less filling or is it the great taste? What I wouldn't give to go back to those times. But you know one thing that Miller Lite does? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Lite Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs and premium regular beer.